You're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. Ephesians 3. I'm going to read to you um, uh, some verses we looked at actually last week, and then we're going to pick up a couple of other ones. I want to read it to you out of the Passion and then out of the New Living Translation. Apostle Paul says this out of the Passion Translation. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The what? Everybody say perfect. Perfect, perfect Father. The perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Doesn't that sound good? I mean, don't you want part of that? Sign, sign me up. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive is it. Endless love beyond measurement that it transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Verse 20. Never, you all with me? Never what? Say it again. Never doubt. When is it okay to doubt? Never. <laughs> Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that raises from, it rises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ. And all that will be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. Let me read to you out of the New Living Translation. And when I think of all this, Paul says, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep is his love. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Isn't that good stuff? 
<laughs> Amen. I read this quote the other day, and I just it's one of the ones that I really like, so I wanted to share it with you. It says this, We cannot follow Jesus by grace apart from hearing regularly of his grace. The natural bent of our humanity, including the flesh of true believers, is toward human works and long law performance. This is one reason why the Lord wants us to hear of his effective grace day by day. Goes on to say this, the ministry of reminding <laughs> is part of the process. The Apostle Paul sent out his ministry partner, Timothy, to do what? To remind, is it up there? Y'all following with me? No. Where'd it go? I didn't put that on the slide? No, I did not. Why didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, then I'm going to have to read it real slow, okay? <laughs> I'm going to start this again. Not all of it. The ministry of reminding. Everybody say reminding. reminding. The ministry of reminding. And the older I get, the more often I feel I need that. Reminding. is part of this process. The Apostle Paul sent out his partner, ministry partner, Timothy, to remind the saints of matters that he himself had previously expounded upon in all the churches. Scripture says, For this reason I sent Timothy to you, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in church. Later, after Timothy had become a pastor in Ephesus, Paul wrote this to him, urging him to remind the saints of some basic elements of grace. This is a faithful saying. For... Here's the verse. If we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things. Such vital truths need to be considered repeatedly. The Apostle Paul knew that it would amount to spiritual irresponsibility to, ne to neglect the importance of reminders. Therefore, here's the verse, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know them and are established in the present truths. Yet I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent and this body, to stir you up by reminding you. Why did I say all that? <laughs> I don't know, Bob. Why did you say all this? <laughs> Why do you think we need constant reminding? We what? We forget, don't we? We need constant. I was just, I was even thinking about this. It's like, you know, when I, when I prepare a sermon, sometimes I spend several weeks thinking about where I'm going several weeks down the road. Typically, I spend the week prior, like this this week, this message, this week past, I've spent numerous hours looking at, praying through, reading scriptures, writing out, prepping, getting ready to come and preach a message to you guys, to preach a sermon. 
hours doing that. Then <laughs> I preached the sermon. Then, some point, usually in the following week or two, y'all don't wake Chris up. <laughs> he might be praying. <laughs> might be praying. <laughs> Welcome back, Chris. <laughs> anyway, we have we have favor for Chris. If y'all worked all night, y'all be sleeping too. Um. <laughs> Uh, my point was this. Then I preach the sermon. Then somewhere, usually within a week or two, once it's on the podcast, I'll wind up listening to it again. And invariably, okay, I'm saying all this to say this. Invariably, when I listen to it, it will remind me <laughs> of things that I was saying, things I was talking about, things I was preparing, things I was studying and reading. And so I, I needed that. After I've spent all this time getting ready to do this, then doing it, then listening to it and reminding myself, oh, man, that is so true. I'll hear it. I'll go, yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. That's amen. good job, Bob. <laughs> I'll even say that every now and then. <laughs> and it, what's my point? My point is, guess what? We need to be reminded. Amen. So I'm telling you that because I'm going to remind you this morning of some things we've been looking at over the last couple of weeks. One of them being about the love of God and how much he, he, how much he loves us and cares for us. And so basically, it's this idea of love and grace and mercy that I, I'm, I'm going to keep that in front of us till Jesus comes back. Let's try it again. <laughs> If you hang around here, which y'all have, thank God, some of you have. <laughs> if you hang around here, you're going to keep hearing how much God loves you. Amen? Amen. You know why? Because we need reminded. And you know what else? We can keep growing in that. We can keep maturing in that, growing in our understanding of this is how much God loves me. This this is why I need to be reminded of this. And I, listen, I, probably somewhere in the last 10, 12 years, I started this journey of understanding that God loved me more than I understood. And, I began this journey of understanding that he wasn't a mean dad that wanted to get me. He was a loving father that wanted to pour his love out on me. And I began to grow in that. And, and for a number of years now, have, it's, it's almost like, literally to me right now, it's, it's, it's almost like daily, um, I don't want it to sound more omnipotent than it is but it's 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 literally it's almost like a daily revelation of God's love for me and how much he loves me and and he's and it, it's not it's not based on on me it's not based on how good I did today it, it's it's not it's not based on whether I performed well or not 
It's, it's not based, did I spend enough time this morning having a Bible study, having a quiet time? Did I pray long enough? Was I holy enough? Did I, did I witness enough? Did I do all these things that I'm supposed to do? But it, God's reminding me that he loves me, period. Amen. And that I can always, and the thing that, that just amazes me, it really astounds me, is that is I will always, I have the ability to continue to grow in that every day. To grow in our understanding. And we have, you have, we have God's, but I, I, I don't have the words to put it, but Paul did a pretty good job right here of understanding how deep and wide and, and how, how we, could, we get, I love his terminology, we get to experience that. It's not, it's not something we just get to know about. We get to experience. I mean, do you... Do you understand the difference in that? I mean, do you want to just see? I heard for years. I grew up in church. You know, I was I, literally my granddad was the pastor, and we went every time the doors were open. And I mean, I started, you know, I, I started going to church nine months before I was born. Okay, that makes sense to y'all. <laughs> And I heard, I mean, it wasn't all about hate and anger, but I mean, we heard, I understood that Jesus loved me. God loved the world. I mean, that's the verse everybody learns that God so loved the world, he gave his only son. I understood that God was love, but I also understood that there's this mean side and anger side and wrathful side, and, and he He's a God of judgment, and he judges. And and if, if you don't watch out, you know, you can get too hot to the fire if you're not careful, you know, and, and, and he'll, he'll, he'll punish you. I mean, you ever heard that? And, and, and it's just really been, and it's probably the last dozen years that I've begun to learn and understand and experience. And, I, and I'm telling you, it's, it, it's an awesome trip to begin to grow in that and begin to learn. And what's so cool is I think, I think you and I, because as I've been getting it, I've been giving it to y'all. Hopefully y'all are getting it, right? You getting it? God loves you, Rock, period. <laughs> it's that God's love, that's what Paul's saying here, is that it's so... It's so extensive and so big and huge that, that we can experience it. And we, in this, he's praying this prayer for a reason, that we need the Holy Spirit to come and reveal to us, to give us revelation, this experience, so we can experience that God loves us this much. And it's something that I, I literally think, if, if the ocean's a, a symbolic of the love of God, I think we've probably got a thimble full. <laughs> Does that make sense? I, I think that's about where our revelation scale is at, from a one to, a, to infinity. It's, it's, we're, we're right in here. And I think, I think we get the privilege of what I'm reading in Paul's letter to, to Ephesians, that we, through the act of the Holy Spirit working in us, we can experience. We can get in on that. We can experience that and grow in our knowledge and grow in our understanding and our intimacy of who dad is, of who the father is. And, and, and I, I literally think we get to do that for the rest of eternity. We're going to grow in that. Somebody ought to go, agree with me and say amen, Bob. Amen, Bob. 
But again, the question is, is you know, we get to experience it. It's not, it's, not just, it's not just some kind of knowledge. It's not just something you learn, you, a Bible verse you memorize. or it's, it's not something you just get to hear about. or, or, or it's, not, it's not even something you get to just kind of believe in. But it's something we get to experience, this, this love of God. And that's why Paul's praying. He's praying the Holy Spirit would just open the eyes of our heart to understand God loves us. And it's way more than we can even possibly understand, is what he's saying. The psalmist says in Psalms 34, to taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Taste and see. Those, are, those aren't just knowledge words. Those are experience words. You taste something, you get to experience it. And when, when we taste something good, not only do we want to experience it, but we want other people to experience it. You ever been to a, just a great restaurant and you go, man, this is really good. What do you do with that? You tell somebody else about it, don't you? I, man, I just had this incredible, you don't keep it to yourself. You go, and you need to go here. This, this food is, I'm, any of y'all ever experienced some good food? I know a couple of you have problems with that. We've talked about that. <laughs> I mean, have you ever just eaten something and go, oh, my God? Any of you? I mean, it just like it was, I mean, your taste buds just, you know, just jump off the map and it just, and you're swallowing it. It's almost like, I don't even know how to describe it uh, without getting... <laughs> What? <laughs> that's right. That's right. But taste. And he says we can do that with God. Taste. Taste. We get the. I mean, is that not experiencing something, tasting and seeing? I mean, isn't that? I mean, this is what it's the same verse in the passage says. Drink deeply of the pleasures of this God. Drink deeply. Experience for yourself the joyous mercies He gives to all who turn to hide themselves in Him. I mean, that sounds like something we get, to, we get to get into, not just memorize some Bible, not just learn some verse, not just quote something, taste and see. I like that. Let's go back. Let's look at some of these verses. Verse 14, so I kneel humbly in what? I kneel humbly in awe of the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, this is the same guy that's written several places that we get to come. How? Boldly. We're, we're children of God. We get, to, we get to come before the king as kings. We get to enter his presence. But he's also the guy that's saying, here, when, when I do that, there's, I bow humbly. I, I, I understand this is God. This is God. I, get, I, I, need to, I need to have some humility when I'm dealing with God. I need to walk humbly before him. And Paul says, I kneel humbly 
before him. And I, I love this definition. Pat shared this with our group before, but basically it's along the lines of humility is not as much about thinking less of ourselves. That's what we think of. Most people think of humility as you've got to downgrade yourself and think less of yourself. But it's, in reality, it's not as much about thinking less of ourselves as much as it is thinking more of Christ and more of others. You get that? It's, it's being humble before God is understanding who God is. I don't have to degrade myself and come, oh, poor, wretched sinner such as I am. And, you know, no. But I understand who he is. <laughs> That's bowing humbly. Paul wrote this in Philippians, NIV. He says this, do nothing. I think I have this one, don't I? Look at there. Am I good or what? Do what? Everybody say nothing. nothing. Do, I'm telling you what, if we could get these first couple of verses here and the world grasp this, it changed the world. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Do you think there'd be a lot that gets stopped? <laughs> on this planet if everybody lived by that do nothing you want me to pose Bob yeah. <laughs> he's taking a picture of the screen I'm just teasing you, you get it do, don't do anything do nothing out of selfish ambition or vacancy rather rather in humility value others above yourselves that's walking humbly. I mean, can you imagine if we did that? What if just, novel idea, what if just the church decided to start doing that? What if just the leaders, I mean, what if just the pastors and leadership of the churches started doing that? And the body. And humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset of Christ. This is his mindset, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider his equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee would bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can you imagine what a world we would be in if we lived that out? Nothing out of selfish ambition. Verse 16 says this, and I pray that he would be unveil within you the how many? How, how many is unlimited? That means you can't what? 
You can't limit them. They're, they're, beyond, they're beyond our ability to even grasp the, the unlimited. He would, Paul's praying. I mean, get in on this. Pray. You understand that it's okay to... Let's start over. Did Jesus not say a bunch of times that if we pray according to the will of God that we will get what we... Y'all get that? Y'all with me? Right, Jim? Is that right? We pray. So what do we all... As our praying, we ought to figure out how to do what? How to pray according to the will of God. Hello, right? You with me? I'm pretty certain if Paul's praying this and is put in Scripture for all eternity, that this prayer is probably something that's according to the will of God. Would you all agree with that? So I, this is a prayer that you can take up. You can, you can pray this prayer for yourself. You can pray it for others. Pray it for me. I mean, if you just don't have anything else to do every day this week for the rest of your lives, pray this prayer. Bob, Bob needs to get this. It, it, <laughs> and you do too. I pray that he would open up and veil within you the, not just the riches of his glory, but, but the unlimited riches of his glory and favor. And listen to this. Until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Does that, do you want to get in on that? Yes. <laughs> Can we, is it possible to get in on that? Yes. Absolutely. I'm not real sure how often we actually do walk in that. Verse 17 then says this, then when you do that, when you're, when you're experiencing that, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. I love that, that picture. Christ, I mean, when you feel at home somewhere, what do you feel? You feel comfortable, you feel welcomed, you feel loved, feel at peace. You enjoy the company. Of, I mean, if you're when, when I when I feel at home somewhere, I I'm going to give you an illustration. I, and I'm not I don't want to make I'm I'm not giving this illustration to talk lowly of my mom, but I'm I'm going to give you an illustration so you get the point. When Kathy and I had kids, we had three wonderful, well well behaved. Obedient, loving, kind, um, never gotten any trouble, kids, boys, right? The, fir <laughs> the first one was close, and Kathy and I patted ourselves on our back for several years of what great parents we were with our first kid. We did it humbly. You know, we didn't go around bragging how great parents. But, you know, we thought we, I mean, surely we're responsible for this child that's so calm and quiet, well-behaved. I mean, we had to have something to do with that. Parenting, you know, genetics, <laughs> right? And then the, the other one came along, the second one. And he proved that it had nothing to do <laughs> with our parenting skills, our genetics, or anything else. He, he's what was called 
a strong-willed child. In fact, is James Dobson years ago wrote a book called Strong-Willed Child. I bought it when Jeremy was two years old. I knew then what I was in for. One of the things I remember, though, about this book is he, his comment was, if you can train or teach a strong-willed child how to fall in love with Jesus, they'll be just as strong-willed toward Jesus as they are something else. And that's proven to be the case. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, uh, Lord. What was my point? Here's my point. I'll get there eventually. <laughs> we had these three well-behaved, wonderful kids. And the home I grew up in, uh, my mom, uh, I like, for better lack of better terminology, she had a home, a house that would be, you would find in better homes and gardens. You with me? I mean, spotless. You know, everything in its perfect place. You know, back then it was humbles. Uh, you, know, you know what humbles are? Yes. These little figurines that are worth hundreds of dollars. And, you know, most people have a, what do you call that table? The coffee table. coffee table. Most people have a coffee table. And, you know, when you have a better homes and garden home, you display all these expensive figurines on your coffee table and your end tables and every other place you can put them. And, and so when we would come over with our three loving, <laughs> wonderful babe children, we could only stay there about 20 minutes because Kathy and I would be in fear and terror <laughs> And, and on edge that one of our, you know, great, wonderful kids was going to think one of those cute little figurines was a play toy. And says so they couldn't keep their hands off. My point of the story is this. We didn't feel real at home or at ease or comfortable. My in-laws took just the opposite approach. My in-laws made their home very comfortable. They had kids' toys everywhere. The expensive figurines were put where you couldn't reach them. And we stayed there a lot because we felt comfortable. We felt at home. We wanted to be there. Jesus is, uh, the Paul saying here is that Jesus, <laughs> where'd it go? The, verse 17, then Christ will make his home in your hearts. Well, he would, he, Jesus, I mean, don't you want, I like the picture, this, this image of Jesus filling at home with me, of being a place that he wants to hang out, <laughs> that he wants to be calm, that he wants to go there. He says, man, I, you know what? I, I know this heart right over here is going to welcome me. And wants me to be there and longs for me to hang out with me. And so guess what? That's where I'm going to hang out. And that's what he said, Paul's saying. When we get to understand this and experience this, then Jesus will start to feel at home here. He'll, he'll want to hang out with you and me. Doesn't that sound good? That might not have come across to you all like it did me. I, I think it feels pretty good. 17 and 18, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. 
that you may have power to understand as all God's people should this enormity of this love, how wide and long and high and deep. We'll have power. What do we need to understand? God's power. We need his power in us to grasp this bigness of how big God's love is. And I'm going I'm to land this plane. You ready? Now, <laughs> all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish a little bit more than we ask or think. <laughs> Let's try it again. Glory to God who's able through his mighty power at work where? God's at work in us. God's doing this work within us. And what's he able to do as he's working within us? He's able to accomplish all the stuff that he's been praying and talking about. He's able to accomplish that and he's able to do in us infinitely Infinitely more. That's, that's a big word, okay, for you Englewood graduates. Inf <laughs> infinitely more. I mean, <laughs> when you're praying, is that what you think of, God? I'm asking for this, but I, I know that you can accomplish, I mean, more than I can even grasp, more than I can even think. Or, it's, it, it's beyond my understanding or expectation what you can do. Amen? Amen. Sign us up. <laughs> Verse 20. Never. Let me ask you a question. Would Paul say, never doubt? Tell us to never doubt if it wasn't possible to doubt. <laughs> that makes sense. Do you ever have times in your life where there's some doubt that wants to rise up? Never doubt. Never doubt what? God's mighty power. Hmm. Never doubt. Never question it. And that what he's saying? Don't ever, don't lose your faith here. Don't, don't question. Don't doubt. Don't think for a minute that I can't do this. Don't even let the thought come into your brain. Never doubt God's pile, mighty power to do what? To work in you and accomplish all this. Accomplish all what? What he just got through talking about. Don't ever, don't doubt God's ability and power to do this in you, to, to work in you, to accomplish in you, all of this. And look what it says. Not only that, but he will achieve, here's the big word again, infinitely. <laughs> he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. Are you with me? With me? God's, God's, Paul's saying this about God. When you pray, guess what? His power, don't doubt it. Don't question it. Pray with faith, believing that God's power is going to work in you. And not only is he going to work in you, not only is he going to do it, but he's going to do this, achieve 
infinitely more, far more, whatever your greatest request was and your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. <laughs> Y'all getting that? He will outdo them all for his miraculously power constantly energizes you. <laughs> Don't you love that? More than you can even think. I mean, if your thinking's here, his ability's there. It's the, you can't see it. It's infinitely more. I'm going to close with this. Paul says this in, in Romans. Chapter 5, verse 17, he says this about Jesus. For the sin of this one man, Adam, his sin, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful... Is it up there? Wonderful grace. Adam's sin caused what? Death. Over many, but even greater, greater than Adam's sin, is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live and triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus. Get the picture. God's wonderful grace, what does he do with this wonderful grace? He, he does what? He does what? He gives it as a what? A gift. What do you do with gifts? You receive them. God, according to this verse, God has given us the gift of righteousness. You with me? God's gift. Paul saying in Romans that God, death reigned through Adam, but Jesus, through this one man, Jesus, God through his wonderful grace, gives us this gift of righteousness. Now, guess what? He gave us this gift. What's our responsibility? Receive. Receive. It's a gift you can receive. It's available, but you have to receive this gift of righteousness. You receive it, and it will triumph over sin and death through this one man. Jesus. As a believer, we have to receive this grace of God. We receive this gift of righteousness. It's, it's, it's something you receive. In other words, you can quit trying to do what? Earn it. <laughs> you with me? Quit. We can quit trying to measure up. We can quit trying to earn something. God, man, if I just can do this, I'll, go, I'll get more of his favor. I'll get more of his grace. I'll, I'll, get, I'll be righteous. No, you, how do you get righteousness? You receive it. God gives it to us as a gift for us to receive. Amen? Let's stand up. 12.04, ain't that good timing? <laughs> thank you, Lord. Father, thank you for this gift of righteousness that you've given us that we can receive. Thank you, Lord.
Father, thank you that we can receive and we can experience this, this gift of grace, of love, of mercy that you've given to us, Father. And I just pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would open all of our hearts, Dad. Open our hearts and our minds to the understand, to receive this abundant mercy or abundant grace and this love that passes all of our understanding, Lord. And we would, we would begin to grasp, Lord, how great, how wide, how deep is your love for us, Lord. Father, help us to each to just continue to grow in our understanding of your grace and mercy and love toward us. Thank you, Lord. Well, thank you, Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.